and welcome to episode four of series one of Clientship's Customer Experience Superheroes podcast series with me, Christopher Brooks. We believe everyone has hidden customer experience superpowers and when these are brought out, it can create truly exceptional customer experience superheroes. And when customer experience superheroes get together, incredible things happen which lead to betterment not just for customers, but for employees and communities too. In this episode, we're going to be looking at a major topic in customer experience, customer journey mapping. Now, I think it would be pretty foolish of me to try and cover up this huge topic in one podcast. So in today's episode, we're going to look at the value of mapping. And in further episodes next series we'll start to look at journey mapping design and how to deliver a customer journey mapping workshop don't worry the irony of a customer journey mapping podcast episode uh, on something as visual as uh, mapping is is not lost on me but in this first episode we're going to look at value of mapping and when we talk about value we're talking about what you learn from running mapping sessions as a, a, an organization and, and individuals in that organization. We're going to talk about the different aspects, mapping versus the architecture, and also how important it is to look at things from the customer's perspective, rather than looking at it from the business perspective. Now, it was uh, Steve Jobs who said, you've got to start with the customer experience and work back to the technology, not the other way around. And mapping is very similar. Um, we once were invited to uh, join some mapping uh, workshops run by a, a, a very well-known consultancy who proceeded to process map. They processed map the journeys customers went through, thinking that's what a customer journey map was, as opposed to really understanding the customer's perspective. So it's really important with your starting point to get that definition of a customer journey map right so that everyone recognizes that we're here today to really understand the journey the customers go through. How can you do that if you're the employees, you might ask? Well, we'll come on to that later, but validation of maps is as important as producing the maps. But typically, you start with a group of individuals in the organization who have that understanding and that knowledge. Arguably, we did once run a, a workshop with a, with a startup where that knowledge wasn't there. So we ran what we call two rooms mapping, where we had a room full of experts within the organization who were building the solution. Uh, and we had some potential customers in the other explaining what they felt would be the best solution. And actually, given the fact it was an app and given the fact it was a uh, quite an easy proposition for finance, um, uh, international uh, money exchange, by the end of the mapping sessions, they pretty much built the proposition. That's not classically what happens, but it is that dynamic when it comes to mapping. But what you're really doing is you're trying to understand the relationship the customer has with the organization through those journeys. Um, I have attended workshops and presentations where um, reputable consultants have very quickly dived into the business side of things, understanding which 
processes, procedures, systems, etc. we use as an organization to deliver maps. That is not journey mapping, that is process mapping with an appreciation of the customer's perspective. So it's really important to rein it back. Quite often we've worked with organizations who have recognized that it's difficult to run customer journey mapping if the organization themselves run it because they have an invested interest, they have a bias. Part of their viewpoint will always be connected to the interest of the organization. It's very healthy to get external, objective, independent uh, resource to help run workshops. But one step back, the value of mapping. What, 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 what is it all about? The purpose and value of customer journey mapping. Well, <clears throat> as mentioned, it, is, it gives you the opportunity to look at the challenges that customers face in something as simple as dealing with an organization. It also allows you the opportunity to see how what happens, be it good or bad, has impacts on other areas of the journey. The number of workshops I've run where clients have said, I just didn't realize that that small action that I made in my area had such a knock-on effect in another area. Or alternatively have said, I just assumed they were doing it. And the their colleagues would say, I just assumed you did it. That's why it never happens. These assumptions are created. In organizations, we try not to, but we do work in silos, especially when we're tasked with a particular part of the journey. It also gives the opportunity to look at things from a number of different dimensions. It gives the opportunity to look at the customer's journey when it works and when it doesn't work. What workarounds does the customer employ if something goes wrong? Do they work around or do they just exit? Really useful to see how that plays out. And when we say customer, it's really important to recognize we have many customers. Looking at things from a segment level or a product purchase level, or from a channel perspective, or from a persona, which is obviously less about the, the data variable that segments the customer and more about their attitude and a, an approach to an organization, can also be really enlightening. So you start to recognize it. There's quite a few layers that go into this world of mapping. Um, I've worked with organizations who have tried to shoehorn a 90-minute workshop. Can we get it done in a 90-minute workshop? Well, yes, you can, but you're not going to get that group of people back around a table or around a map too soon. And if you don't get them back in, then you've got a limited view of a particular journey. You may only get one or two personas. You may not cover all the channels you might not get into some of the issues. So it's really important to give it time and space. And like any good piece of customer experience, when you're looking at some of the challenges customers face, it allows you as well, when you're looking at the visual, to start understanding where the problems start. Um, very often, you find, you find the situation where clients will have an appreciation of where the problems are caused, that then turns out to be something completely different. Uh, it's much earlier in the process, or it's due to a promise that was made, not with any bad intention, by someone earlier in the journey that has led to the customer's expectations not being met and workarounds put in place to, to fix something that needn't be a problem in the first place. And it's not just about looking at the issues, looking at the challenges, 
Um, it can be quite a difficult series of workshops if the focus for journey mapping is just to remove the friction or find the pain points. It is an opportunity to also explore and celebrate when the organization shines, when they get it right for customers, what are the conditions that create exceptional experiences that result in repeat purchase, in advocacy, in higher satisfaction levels, in low cost to serve. What do they do well? And make sure that those sorts of areas can be understood and replicated in other parts of the business. It's also a living item, a map. Uh, I once went to a, a telco company um, who proudly displayed a room full of incredibly detailed, beautifully designed maps. And uh, I fell for it. I was walked through them, could see at every point what the attrition rate was, could see the major causes, could see how customers felt, saw journey stories, verbatims, etc., etc., etc. And when I got to the end of it, I turned around to the uh, the, the client um, who who brought me in, and I said to her, "What so so what so what? This is just incredible. This is just so detailed." And she played back to me. They were four years old. They were so expensive to put together, so expensive to design that no one dare challenge them. So you end up having documents that are out of date because they look too good. Journey mapping is a, is a, is a wet document. It's always improving. It does mean that the format that's used is really quite important. It's something that everyone needs to be able to understand and work with. And the effort should go in improvements, not in the beautification of a map. Um, I often find no better tool than PowerPoint. I really do. If you want to start linking it to data, it's a different matter. But if it is a visual, then that's a that's a worthy tool. So when you're using the maps, you can then road test improvements. If you can change and affect them quickly, you can look and see, well, what would happen if we were to take out that step? What would happen if we were to introduce uh, a, a feedback mechanic there? Would that give us the insight we're looking for? What if we added another payment option there? What if we removed an individual and replaced it with a text alert? How would that change things? So minor improvements can be looked at, but also new propositions. When new pro propositions are built and rolled out, it's really important to ensure that the strong, important experiences that customers value are replicated within that experience. I, as a customer, do not want to have a great relationship with my bank based on the current account, only to find the savings account is built in a completely different way, and the only thing that connects it to my current account is the brand, not the experience. And that's the shortfall of not using journey maps for improving and creating better experiences, which doesn't mean just fixing the exposed and broken ones. Going on about <clears throat> the value, I mean, it, there is there is so much opportunity here. I mean, getting people from disparate parts of the business into a room to look at the same view, a view that none of them look at it from, the customer's perspective is so valuable. Uh, there are obviously challenges with silos, setups in organizations, and it can have a real impact on customer experience. But getting people to look at things from a different dimension is really helpful. 
you can start to see where operations, where service, where marketing fits in, where risk fits in. Start to understand the role that they play and start to see all of a sudden the significance of their contribution to the overall experience. And also start to recognize, hopefully, that you're developing branded experiences. You had a choice, but based on the organization you are, you've developed an experience in a specific way. That's really important. And uh, in another episode, we'll go on to talk about developing customer standards because that's where you really do get to create CX DNA, as we call it, which are experiences which are distinguished and deliberately designed around a differentiated brand experience. We would say value the collective over the silo. Never map in isolation. It's very dangerous. Can also start to look and connect the priorities of the organization to those of the customers. Take a step back from the map. Look and see what the customer is trying to achieve and look at the list of strategic imperatives. Look at the the business objectives. They should chime. If what we want the customer to do does not connect with what the business is hoping to achieve, the chances are you're going to fall short of your targets. Journey mapping can help the organization recognize, ah, look at that. In the after sales, we treat the customer in a way which means they are unlikely to upgrade because we're looking at the retention for renewal purpose. However, when we look at our business objectives, we're anticipating 20% of our revenue is going to come from upgrades. Really basic things that you can start to, to spot and identify. You can see that things like acquisition targets may be more challenging than anticipated because not only are you needing to acquire new customers, you're looking to replace the customers that you've seen in the journey map will drop out because of the way that customers are expected to interact above and beyond the standard relationship. They're having to work harder than they would normally do just to maintain the relationship because the organization has decided, for instance, to digitalize part of its experience. These things kind of start to come out and the business can start to look at the challenges it's creating for itself in a brand new way. You also can start to create common goals for people across the organization. When you recognize, in in UX it's called kind of epics, you start to see um, areas which actually have effects across multiple parts of the business. Let's say for instance it's on service level agreements where one part of the organization promises to get back to the customer within six hours. Another part of the organization, a completely different process, cannot physically get back to the customer until the next day. So they set a 24 hour. And then you start to create confusion for the customer because in their mind they're thinking this is one organization, I'm sure, did they say six hours or 24 hours? Well, they said both. Uh, But from a customer's perspective, it just looks confusing. From the organization's perspective, they'll look and say, well, actually, there's logic in both of those. What needs to happen is everyone get together and agree a common approach. It may well be the six hours doesn't need to be six hours. It could be we'll get back to you within the next day. It may be the 24 hours needs to work harder in order to achieve the six hours because that's the standard that customers are going to expect. 
but bringing people around a, a common goal and that's quite a superficial one you can get some really meaty areas here is really imp really important and also you can get alignment on the type of improvement um, we're very good I think in customer experience at creating betterment but what we're not very good at is understanding is that the right sort of betterment are we creating a problem further down the line are we creating something that fulfills all of the stakeholders internally expectations and makes things better for everyone or have we chosen something which actually would be better for the customer better for a few people uh, internally but actually for, for a number of others it's going to be really painful for them and one of the things that customer experience really has to do is to make sure that it makes things better for everyone around the table it is probably a a broader topic but the idea of actually just making things better for customers without considering employees and partners and communities and society is quite narrow-minded and I think outdated so <clears throat> when you're looking at journey maps it's good to think about the return that this exercise is going to deliver one of the big challenges with customer experience is a lot of the return is kind of OPEX it just kind of falls between the cracks anyone could kind of claim it um, if you improve a process uh, so that the marketing is more effective well is that marketing's gain is that operational gain is that customer experience gain where does that kind of sit but you know there are many reasons um, that you should manage customer journey mapping uh, as a piece of research done by the Aberdeen group and um, the kind of things that come through are getting a return on your marketing investments you can use maps to start to see well there's a gain we made there so actually we've increased click-through rates or we've increased the number of people who subscribe or we've increased the number of people who have attended because we improved the journey um, looking at improving the customer service costs we mentioned about issues and yes if you can identify well, we've got six or seven areas there where we're having to constantly spend money on managing the customers uh, the, the shortfall we've delivered to the customer and we can work out how we can improve those and in fact take those away then that will reduce the amount of time and effort spent by customer service on managing customers and those who don't actually actively engage with um, customer journey mapping uh, find that that continues to be a big problem whereas the piece of research from um, uh, Aberdeen Group highlighted that actually um, year on year 20% gain can be made by an organization in that space uh, your social media strategy never forget that when it comes to customer journey mapping how will what we do have a positive impact socially with our customers how will it impact the sentiment balance will it remove the negative noise that's out there all of these things are related to journey mapping so it's really important to think about who you've got in the room what about referrals if we're focused on net promoter score it's not just a, a, a number it talks about would you recommend this organization to someone else well you need to track that you need to look and see did they recommend the intention is worthless It's the actual that really matters the journey map can look and see well hang on a second are we giving customers the the platform to actually share in making it worth their while sharing it with other people improving 
sales cycles, looking and seeing are we short, can we shorten the sales process? Can we achieve that acquisition? Can we improve the renewal rates based on the maps? That's a real valuable usage of the map and it adds real commercial opportunity for journey mapping. And also mentioned earlier, the opportunity to cross sell and upsell. Um, if you step back from a map, close your eyes from a map and say, when should you cross sell? I can guarantee you'll end up in a different place than if you look at the map to understand the logical place in the journey from the customer's perspective when a cross sell or an upsell is appropriate, meaningful and recognizably valued by them. Again, it's the value of having journey mapping. It really becomes uh, almost like a palette you can keep going into, keep going into. Um, <clears throat> Now, the thing that's really important to remember is there is one hero in the map. It is not the map, it is not the facilitator, it is not the experts who have been invited in, make sure you do invite experts into the room, subject matter experts related to that map. It is the customer. And you have to recognize with every single map what the customer is trying to achieve. So let, let me give you an indication. If you were a, an organization that produced climbing gear, um, let's say you produced uh, carabiner hooks. Now to you, a carabiner hook is a carabiner hook and you work very hard to make sure that it's strong and it's secure and you might produce it in a number of colors and give customers the option to buy them online uh, with rope as part of a bundle, etc., etc. What you're looking at there is a transaction in the journey map. If you look at it from the customer's perspective, the carabiner hook they buy may well be the hook that they use to complete that ascent of that mountain that has been their life's goal to do so. That hook will end up potentially in a frame on a wall as a moment they will never forget in their life. Never forget the customer is the hero. The journey they are going on is far bigger than anyone the organization is supporting. And you really have to take a step back and think about why is the customer buying a Caribbean hook from us? Why is it that the customer is taking insurance for their second home with us? Why is it the customers buying online shopping rather than popping into the store? Understanding the purpose of why they're engaging in that journey is really important and too often overlooked. Now, in order to achieve that, you've got to think about personas. You've got to think about how the experience will impact their perception of the organization, its role it plays in their life. Will it increase their satisfaction? Will it increase their loyalty? Or will it allow them to achieve their goals? If it's increasing satisfaction, yeah, I'm really pleased that the hook arrived in time, it was well presented, and it was a good deal. I'll probably go back and get my hooks from them again. Well, where does that connect back to that moment in time? How does the customer connect the two back together? 
obviously marketers out there would be able to figure out how you could produce a much better experience from something as basic as a Caribbean hook. And I'm sure producers of hooks do think about that. But my point is that the journey map is very much about putting the customer as the hero and not the organization trying to figure out the journey the customer is going through. Um, <clears throat> what we also need to recognize is that before you produce a map, you need to produce an architecture. You need to take a step back and understand what are the big steps. And imagine it like uh, steps across a river. You know, each one of those steps uh, has a lot going on underneath the water. But from an architecture perspective, you just need to know how many steps does the customer need to take to cross the river um, and lay those down. And the typical sort of language you find around them is I'm considering, I'm buying, I'm using, I'm inquiring, I'm renewing, I'm claiming, etc, um, etc. Et um, they need to be understood and defined and a scope wrapped around them. We're not going to go into design uh, today. I'm going to cover that in, a, in another podcast. But it is really important to understand the distinction between the architecture, which you should get senior sign off for. The higher, the better, because it is not something you want to go back and revisit once you've pulled people out from the organization to do journey mapping for someone senior to say, I think we've missed one of the big steps here. Getting the steps right is really, really important. Get that architecture right. And then you can start to use that particular shape, that format, that framework to explore with different senior leaders. Well, what 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 stages are involved in these major steps I'm choosing I'm considering what happens in there what do you think they are that's not a that's not a journey mapping session that's a, a teasing out getting their views and opinions that then gives you your ammunition when you're going into journey mapping sessions I think the distinction between the customer journey architecture and a journey map is probably the right place to leave this podcast we will come back and look at designing maps we will come back look at facilitating workshops how to get the best out of those two activities but this podcast was on understanding the importance of demonstrating the value of journey mapping and we've covered quite a bit in that for you if however you still find yourself thinking how do I put forward that I need to pull out six to eight people for six to eight workshops for three to four hours a time in order to understand what the priorities are that we need to look at and that is a lot of hours, that is a lot of manpower, a lot of um, expertise that you're pulling away from the business, you're sucking dry. You need to make sure that you can demonstrate to each of those stakeholders, their direct reports to the business as a whole, the value of the exercise that you're undertaking. If you need further help on that, feel free to email me on christopher.brooks at clientship.com. I'll happily send you some of the information that I've shared during this podcast but I'll finish off there and say hopefully you can see how a journey map can be a superhero when it comes to customer experience because of the value it will keep giving the organization. I've been uh, Christopher Brooks and this has been Clientships Customer Experience Superheroes podcast series. Mm -hmm.